Welcome to The Wisdom Show, a gathering place for the world's leading experts in the fields of human potential, spirituality, personal development, health, relationships, and more. Join us as we evolve together to the highest expression of our lives. And now, your host, Gene Swan. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Are you ready to step into your future and create a new reality? Our guest today is going to teach us how to do that, how to actually change our underlying blueprint to allow us to receive the opportunities, synchronicities, and insights we need to create the lives we really want. The information is so profound, so life-changing, that you'll want to really understand what our guest today, Don Clark, is sharing with us. Implementing these principles can create change at such a deep level. Your reality can be changed out of thin air, and you can reverse engineer your future. Don will be taking us through a process a little later on to activate our passion print, so you won't want to miss that. Dawn Clark is an international best-selling author who spent her life creating works that empower others to reshape not only their future, but the future of the planet as well. At the nexus of science and spirituality, Dawn delivers a new vocabulary, insights, and tools that help us repattern ourselves for longevity and success. Dawn has counseled and advised many people from all walks of life, including Nobel Prize and Emmy Award winners, Fortune 500 executives. Her work incorporates the research of leading physicists and makes it practical for all of us to understand these concepts and use them to create our best lives. So, Dawn, thanks so much for joining us and sharing with us the profound work that you're doing in the world. Oh, Jean, it is such a pleasure to be here today. Thank you for having me. Now, Dawn, I think everyone will be really interested in hearing about your near-death experience and how you learn these principles that are so life-changing. Okay, well, that that is interesting. Now, I've had more than one near-death experience, but they're both interrelated in terms of how these uh, understandings came to me. Uh, the the best thing I can do is start just a little bit at the beginning and say that, from and, and I apologize in advance for my voice. I did speaking all day yesterday, and it's a little bit hoarse today. But I'm so excited to be here. I didn't want to miss it. Um, my entire life, since I was a little girl, I was able to see fields of frequency, and I really didn't know how to make sense of it. And the first thing that I can remember really noticing was everybody had a, a soul print within them, this fingerprint of soul that was representative of who they were and what they came to do on the planet. And I loved seeing that in everybody, and I wanted to help everybody for as long as I can remember get there. But what I was able to perceive even as early as three and four years old was the fact that there were fractures within people and lower vibrating fields that were preventing them from actually resonating into all of who they could be. Now, not knowing what to do with that information was really troubling. I tried talking to my mom about it. I tried talking to my friends about it. And everybody thought I was so strange. They just basically asked me to not say anything about it at all. And it was actually a near-death experience that I had at seven that first helped me to make sense of it. I was uh, swimming in a pool, and I jumped off the high dive, and somebody jumped right in the middle of my back, and I went down to the bottom of the pool. And what was cool about that for me was after the impact, all I did, I felt like I was going up, floating through the clouds, and I got lighter and lighter and lighter. And as I did, I started to feel a sense of coming home. So where this 
where this world experience down here hadn't made a lot of sense to me before that, not being able to share what I saw with people, not being able to make sense of it, everything started to feel like it was falling into place. The, the further up I floated through these clouds, and I felt like I was returning to this to this place of just pure love and acceptance and understanding. And from that point, when I, when I got to the top, I was told that what I needed to do down here for the next stretch of my time here was to really understand these frequency fields I was seeing as a vocabulary. So I grew up speaking multiple languages. German was my first language. I learned some French and some Italian, and I didn't learn English until middle school. I'd say my second language was fields. <laughs> and I was, to, I was to learn these fields of frequency as if they were a vocabulary. Now, the way to understand that is that these fields are like entire concepts as opposed to just words. They're entire thought forms. <clears throat> and experiences. So I came back and I was much more at peace with what I was seeing and I began to just process everything as if it was another vocabulary. And I didn't really know what would come of knowing this other language, but I began to notice patterns between people who were stuck in varying forms of anger, for example, whether that was a a particular vibration of betrayal. Betrayal has its own resonant field. Or guilt. Guilt has its own resonant field, as does shame and anger and hatred. Um, Likewise, core fracturing, where people had suffered traumas, the trauma imprints had their own unique resonances based on category. So it's fascinating, and I was kind of caught up in this, and I actually wrote my first book about it when I was nine. But you have to understand that this information, again, so through my mother for a loop. I remember showing her the book, being so proud of, of what I had put together. She she didn't know what to think about it, and she, she literally tore it up and said, I don't want you writing about this anymore. So I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to help, and I didn't know what to do, but I did know this whole new vocabulary, and I had I was very at peace with the concept of dying after having had this seven, this experience of seven. So what happened, interestingly, after that, that experience at nine where my book got torn up and I was thinking, well, now what do I do? Shortly thereafter, I was diagnosed with a terminal illness. And at the time, scoliosis had no cure. And by the time I was taken to the doctor, they did no pre-screening at that time, my curvatures were well over 45 degrees. And the doctors at Brooks Army Medical in San Antonio, which is uh, where we went at the time, they, they predicted that I had less than two years to live and that I would just continue to shrink despite the Milwaukee brace they put me in and that I would I would be gone. I would suffocate to death within two years as my rib cage collapsed over my diaphragm. Now, I was perfectly okay with that in terms of I knew what was on the other side. I knew that I would be returning to this place of love. But what I found even more interesting was that with this knowledge, the way that the people around me responded, I got to learn a whole new vocabulary again of frequency imprints and the grief and the fear and all of that. So my vocabulary was pretty complete by the time I had my surgery at 12. They they invented a surgery to fix what was wrong with my back, and I was lucky enough to be one of the prototype patients. I've actually written up in medical journals. Um, so they went in and they, they put two hooks in my spine and they stretched me straight. I grew four inches on the operating table. And they put a steel rod in to hold it like that. And then they went through and they fractured my spine. 
um, to took bone out of my hip to fuse it into one solid bone that somewhere along the way they nicked my aorta and I bled out on the operating table. Now, I had already been standing out of body listening to all of this breakage and all of that. I remember when I saw blood everywhere, my thought was, oh, well, that body's shot. Okay, that's good. Here we go. And I went, I went over to the other side and I ended up in what I could best describe as a celestial garden. It was the most remarkable place. Everything was love energy. The flowers, the leaves, it was not solid and dense like we experience over here, but it was maybe between 40 and 70% density. Everything was love. The very air that you breathed filled you up from the inside out with this total resonance of love. And as I sat over there breathing more and more deeply, it started to feel as though I was becoming one with the place. And then these two guides appeared, the same two guides that I saw in my first near-death experience. And I was so happy to see them because they understood you know, what I was all about. And they said, well, now what you need to do is you need to go back and deliver these frequencies, basically these antidote frequencies that will help people heal so that they can walk into their potential. And I wasn't at all interested, to be honest, in coming back. I didn't didn't know how I fit in down here. And I argued. I said, nope, I don't want to go back. I want to stay over here. This is all love. And I was told, no, no, you need to go back over there. And then ultimately, this, this sounds like a lot of duty. What we really need to do is to learn how to walk into that potential of who we are and then remember how to play down here. And it's in our play that we actually unlock all of who we are and we can become as prosperous as possible, and we can deliver the innovation and the creativity that we were meant to deliver. It's truly our heaven on earth. And so I was given my new walking papers, and it changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. I was, <clears throat> I felt like a big giant hand wrapped around my waist, and I was tossed back down into the earth plane, and I remember hovering uh, at the corner of a room looking at a body that looked like mine lying there, and all these doctors were were around the body, and I still wasn't quite ready to go back. And the next thing I knew, I felt like I was slammed back in body, and because I had died on the operating table, they they withheld a lot of the morphine that they would normally give somebody after the surgery. So I ended up being strapped to the bed, and um, the pain was so incredible that I experienced. I, I really think I've been blessed to experience a wide range of ups and downs in life. So my compassion for those who go through that is is very is based on very real life experience. And the recovery, I was in a body cast for almost a year, and the recovery was 10 years. And during that time, these same two guides would come back night after night, and I would go to sleep with a notepad next to me, and they would show me how to do what I was to do down here. And it, it absolutely transformed my life. I initially was shown how to bring the frequencies in through my own body, through my own hands, to do hands-on healing. And then ultimately, I was shown how to transfer this information to others because I knew that for us to really change the world, to really create the ripple that we need to down here, we need to empower people to help themselves. It's not about me. It's about me giving people the tools that they need to navigate life and to upgrade their own operating systems for the rest of their lives. So that's a 
long answer to your question, but that's the whole story. <laughs> that totally explains it. And there is so much to know from what you just said. And it might be a good idea to start with the morphogenetic field yeah. itself, the divine blueprint, so we can all understand it and then go into the frequencies and, and the other the other things that you mentioned. So the morphogenetic field is our blueprint. And the way most people in the Western world look at it is everything starts at the physical and goes from there. But what you're teaching and what is so profound and what physicists, physicists have found is that it all starts at the morphogenetic field or that blueprint. Can you explain for us what that is and how it works and how it creates our lives? Absolutely. And, and- to illustrate it, I'd like to explain how I even learned about it myself. So after this near-death experience, I was seeing a number of patients. As early as 16, I was doing uh, work with private clients, and I noticed that somebody could come to me with a, an ailment, some kind of chronic illness or even a cancer, and I could take energy, this antidote frequencies, if you want to think about it that way, and run it into the affected area, and the cell tissue would turn around and heal. It's amazing. So people were getting well, and that was great. I was so happy. But what I noticed was, just much like when people do uh, traditional cancer therapy, they go into remission, and then it comes back a few years later. And so I realized very early on that there must be something below the physical. So rather than just taking the healing frequencies and putting them into our physical tissue to create the transformation, there must be an underlying blueprint that became very apparent to me. And that's when I, that's when this entire blueprint became actually exposed for me. I started to see through beyond the physical body into this blueprint that sits in what you would call from a scientific perspective, non-local reality. That means it's not limited by time or space. And its resonance, the, the information that's contained within it actually imprints your physical body and, and creates your physical body, creates your physical world around you. Uh, The other key component that I think helps people to understand how that's possible is an understanding that sound actually has the power to shape matter. So this is illustrated online by some videos, but in physics, if you take a set of iron filings, for example, and you subject it to sound waves, the iron filings will rise and fall based on the vibration of the sound that's put through it. The same goes uh, with salt, for example. If you were to take a pile of salt, and if you were to resonate sound through it, you could, with your eyes, see the shapes that it would take. Well, our morphogenetic field, this blueprint, just like everything is energy, it vibrates as well. And the resonance of that helps to shape and the world around us and our physical bodies. And if it is, if our blueprint has become damaged or distorted or warped in some way based on a life experience, the world that we create around us and our body is affected by that change. And so a distortion or a tear or a warping in the blueprint will result in creating a life that is suboptimal and potentially illness within the body. So that's actually where we have to work to create true lasting change. We have to be able to repair and re-information our morphogenetic blueprint. So you mentioned that uh, in your program that we'll talk about later that there are three main things in the morphogenetic field that can create the chaos or it can impede us from creating our lives. So what are the things that block the field? 
Definitely. And I think it's interesting to take this information and map it against the brain because that's something more people are familiar with. But if you imagined a three-layer cake, for example, um, within the field, this relates to density or the, the depth of the damage or misprogramming. The top layer of the cake relates to our systemic belief systems. So I don't mean a fleeting thought. I mean a core belief system. And you may or may not be conscious of what these are. Just like within a morphogenetic field for a plant, our morphogenetic field contains an inheritance of information. So we bring information forward both as an individual into our bodies and as a collective consciousness from uh, humanity. That's all imprinted within our field. So whether you're conscious of that or not, those systemic belief systems are there. And also the belief systems that you acquired during your youth um, from your parents, from your acculturation, from your religion, from the media that you consumed. Of media, it's important to remember that when we watch television and movies, we tend to drop into an alpha brainwave pattern, at which time we just basically start accepting things. That's true. It's amazing. And so however we've been informationed, it, it comes into the morphogenetic field and becomes part of our truth. And if it's not serving us, for example, if you were raised with conditional love, and you experienced not enough, it is very difficult to create a life with abundance if you have a, a systemic program running down within your morphogenetic field of not enough, not enough love, I'm not enough, there's not enough money, there's not enough opportunity. Not enough becomes the seed imprint for that. Rarely do I see people who in their morphogenetic fields, for example, are programmed with plenty. Oh, there's plenty. That's the minority for sure. So... <clears throat> The first layer has to do with these systemic belief systems. And you could think of that much like a computer operating system that may get corrupted by viruses that slow it down or that actually disable it. That would be the same as our top layer there becoming corrupted with limiting beliefs that hold us back. And it maps directly to the brain in terms of the cortical function, our thinking brain. The next layer down relates to our emotional layer. And this layer is very important. As, as we know with love, love is not logical. We can be in love with somebody that makes, that makes no sense that we're in love with that person. This layer also doesn't necessarily follow logic at all. This is the layer where our spirits really can get damaged. We, we have betrayal locked up here. We have core toxic emotions which span the gamut from betrayal to <clears throat> guilt, shame, anger, regret, all the way over into the outward reflections of that hatred, loathing, back to the inward self-loathing, all of those emotions can be imprinted in the second layer of this morphogenetic field. And in that, imagine what that resonance does as it vibrates out into our body, guilt and shame and regret as a resonance constantly vibrating into our bodies, into our world, in our bodies, it becomes a fertile playground for disease. There is not anyone that I've ever worked with that didn't need to clear a toxic emotion who had materialized um, some sort of physical ailment. Physical ailments tend to be very rooted in these emotions. Repeated uh, patterns in relationship tend to be very correlated also to this emotional bandwidth. And in, in our brains, that would map over to the limbic system. And then the deepest layer relates to the very essence of who we are. And when that gets 
fractured or damaged. It, it really has to do with when we give up a little bit in life. And at a, at a very minor level, you can think of it if you've ever had an argument with somebody you really loved, and at some point in that argument, you just sort of gave up. You gave up, and you didn't care anymore. That would create a little fracture in your essence. Or if somebody betrayed you or cheated on you or is a child, I often see it when a parent spanks a child or if, if you trusted somebody to be there for you and suddenly they weren't. Um, certainly we see this This fracturing is illogical also. You have to understand this, this relates to the very root of our brain. We see this with PTSD. Of course, you see it with anybody who's suffered uh, physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, who's gone to war. But it can happen to all of us at hairline fracture level. And I like to give an example of, of a horse back in the olden days when they would break horses. Now, I know that we have horse whisperer types of ways to, to work with animals now, but back in the old days, they would break a horse in a way that actually broke the horse's spirit. So if you could imagine the horse in its full potential with its soul print really active, when that horse is in its full potential, that horse is running wild and free, it would not want to let a rider on its back. That would just be out of its realm of possibility. It would not even want to be corralled. It would jump a fence. It would say, what, what are you thinking, putting up a three-foot fence? I'm not going to stay in here. I'm meant to be wild and free. But after that horse is broken, it even forgets that it can jump that fence. It stops thinking about it. It forgets what it's capable of. It doesn't have the ability to even tap its potential. And that's what happens to us as we get broken. And what's interesting is that this morphogenetic field of ours brings us information through time. So in this lifetime, you have the opportunity to heal lifetimes. And you have the opportunity to transform so much of what has crippled humanity. It's, it's a beautiful and amazing opportunity when we understand how this morphogenetic field works and how we're not victims of it. We, we as these brave light warriors, have volunteered to come down here to transform this. We truly can transform our lives and our health and our relationships. And in doing so, because we're all connected, we can change the world. We can change what's possible for for our lives, for our children's lives, and for our grandchildren's lives. So those are the three main layers of, uh, that we need to consider when we're looking at the morphogenetic field, in addition to knowing that within there, there's stored this essence of who you are, and that's, that's the target goal, and there are many iterations of that as we materialize it. So I do want to talk about how we can transform and heal those lifetimes. So of the three main points that cause a disruption in the morphogenetic field, the core beliefs, the emotional layer, at the deepest layer, the essence of who we are, would you say that by not being authentic is how our spirit is broken and, and how there's a fracture? In other words, like you said earlier, giving up or not speaking your truth or allowing <laughs> things to be the way that you don't feel they should be for you and just giving up on it. Is that part of well, how we get the core fractures? Well, I, I think that, that the not being authentic is a reflection of the fact that we have core fractures. We we get our core fractures during times of what I would tell you is imprint vulnerability. So when we're a child and our heart is open and we're trusting, we're very vulnerable to being fractured. Uh, when Even when we're born and we come down here and we forget 
the connection that we have with love, we forget that everything is love. There is a sense of loss and abandonment. That is basically our initial core fracture. We forget the essence of who we are. We forget where we come from. When we're in a relationship and we trust, we can we can get core fractures. When we experience Let's say you have a car accident. You trusted you were going to get from point A to point B, or you trusted the person who was driving. That's when we end up with the core fractures. Now, the fact that somebody's not being authentic could be the result of, for example, an inherited imprint. Let's just throw an example out there that, that a lot of people can relate to. I have so many people tell me that they have memories of the Salem witch trials, for example, and they have an, in, an unreconcilable fear that if they speak their truth and they come forward and they are who they are and they bring their magic to the world, that something's going to happen to them. They're going to be somehow killed. And, of course, this is irrational in today's time, but because it's in their morphogenetic field, it's still sitting there as a truth for them. Now, that imprint was put into the field generations ago by virtue of very traumatic experience. So... The field is imprinted anytime we we have a significant life event, either a, a you know a pinnacle moment like a bliss point, or a dip like some sort of a trauma, and the lack of capacity to be authentic, much like with the horse, is a result of this fracturing. It's a result of the limiting programming. Um, a little bit like. Children, when you poll kindergartners and you ask them how many are artists, almost the entire class will raise their hands. I'm an artist, I'm an artist, I'm an artist. By the time you get to third grade, you may have three to five kids in that class raise their hands. Everybody else, due to something, they put their heart out there, they put their work out there, somebody made fun of it, uh, they didn't. They weren't as well received as they hoped. They shut themselves down. Oh, I guess I'm not an artist, little fracture. And in that fracturing moment, that new limiting belief of, I guess I'm not good enough, comes in. And the hurt, the embarrassment starts to program itself in there. And they start to hold back. And so by the time you get to sixth grade, you'd be lucky if you have one child raise their hand. And in reality, we're all artists. We're all creators down here, but it's been programmed out of us through dogma and the need to conform to be approved of. We're all as unique as the snowflakes, but we're not really supported in our uniqueness. So it's a matter of regaining your core strength and letting go of the toxic emotions and actually re-imprinting the field. So let me... um if it helps, Jean, I can explain how imprinting actually takes place. Yes, how we showing us how we have the ability to change this field. So the good news is, okay. when we have the, the tools and knowledge, we can change it. Right. So if you could explain that, Absolutely. that would be great. Well, let me let me tell first how it how it takes place and what it takes to actually reach the field to imprint it, and then let's offer some tools for people to start re-imprinting their field to, to a positive right away. Um, if you could imagine that most of life, for most people, exists within a very normalized bandwidth of experience. Most of us have a routine. Life just kind of goes on from one day to the next. And if you asked people, you know, what did you have for lunch 27 days ago, most people probably couldn't tell you. It's just it's life 
the realm of the ordinary. It's it's nothing extraordinary. It just goes on. And this ordinary experience is not really what imprints our adult lives. As children, the repeated dogma of something can imprint us because we're very wide open. But as adults, it's just we're on autopilot at that time. So as adults, what imprints us are pinnacle moments or significant life events, if you want to think about it that way. And for most of us, that is uh, the trauma or the drama of life. And when we have an emotional spike, the emotional carrier waves make it possible to reach your morphogenetic field. All throughout history, it's this survival mechanism that has contributed to our inherited memory. So it's a survival mechanism on the one hand, big emotional spike, wow, this catastrophe happened. Don't let this ever happen again. Here's all the programming to prevent it. Um, For example, even about the witch trials, you know, don't speak your truth or you might be killed would be a program that would have been imprinted with regard to that big emotional spike, but it doesn't support us anymore. It's an outdated program. It's not the truth for where we are today, but it's still holding us back. So in our current adult lives, you could look back at your life. And when I interview people, you know, tell me what's happened in your life. Rarely do they say, oh, my God, you know, I made love on the mountaintop, the sun rising, and it was the most incredible thing I've ever done. And I connected with this person, and we became one. I don't usually hear about the bliss points. Uh, I usually hear about the traumas. And those traumas, because we want to avoid them, become our focus point. And those traumas and dramas and heartbreaks, because of the emotional spike, is how we imprinted our field. And if you look at our news, for example, and what people focus on when they get together, they reinforce those low points in our lives. And so we make those, we re-resonate those trauma prints over and over and over again. They continue to broadcast when they're re-resonated. We continue in that rebroadcasting to rematerialize more of it. Now, the antidote that everybody could start today is create a bliss point. And and I can talk a little bit more about that, but that is not as easy as it sounds. People don't even know where to begin. What would that be like? You want to create a moment that stands the test of time, that when you go back and you think about it, it's as if no time has passed. And I can give you some if I've done that, but there's another tool that we can also use to start to shift our field and re-imprint the positive. But these are these are the everyday um, tools to start raising the overall vibration up. But then to repair the specific uh, three layers, um, that requires a little bit more focus. And I actually worked with Stanford researchers to develop visual tools that facilitate the information passing back to your morphogenetic field. And it took me five years and a million dollars to actually develop those tools. And those tools are in the essential upgrade for people. They're they're personalized for every individual. But uh, without, you know, even without those, we can start creating change today just by rethinking a few key principles about how we walk through life. So one one other thing I would love to have you explain is, and you talk about this in your Stepping into Reality program, that the wave, what we focus on causes waves to turn into particles. This is one of the basics of quantum physics. 
which is the basis of knowledge on how we do create our realities. And I think if people could really understand that, it could totally shift the way they're viewing the world and their lives. Could you explain for us? Because I know you have a great way of easily explaining these things, how that works. Absolutely. Well, well, physics has shown us that if somebody pays attention to something and focuses on it, it would cause waves that were just waves to collapse into particles, just like you said. And what's so interesting is, even if they set up a camera to focus on something, even just the intention of setting the camera up to look at that causes waves to collapse into particles. And what that means for us in everyday life is what we focus on, what we pay attention to, what we take the time to see or to look for. You don't even have to see it yet. You're looking for it. Changes the world around us. It changes things from probability, which is waves, probability of waves, into particle matter. So, for example, when we focus on the negative, if we focus on the news, I, I know I went to visit somebody about a week ago, and they had three televisions on in the house, all tuned to the news. And you would say hello to this person, and the first thing they would say is, did you know that such and such and such and such? And, and I'm not saying that we should be ignorant of our world. I'm saying that when you continually focus on that, even that one moment of attention changes your field, even to the degree that you have directed your attention there once. So if you refocus on something like that, it not only accentuates that within your own field and will attract more of whatever you're focusing on in your own field, it will actually cause you to re-resonate, like turning on a light within your morphogenetic field of anything that's similar in frequency. So let's say, let's say you suffered sexual abuse when you were growing up. Statistically, um, more than 50% of us did. Uh, let's say that. If you're trying to heal it, um, re-resonating that over and over again doesn't help. So, for example, if you watched a movie then about sexual abuse and you emotionally were feeling it again and you were focusing on that, it's like turning on a string of Christmas lights in your field and it will cause you to vibrate even louder about all of that. And if you're resonating that to the world, it will cause, if not sexual abuse, it will cause other things, other incidences of that, even if it is a repeat within, let's say within the workplace, maybe there's sexual harassment and that comes up within the workplace or there's other types of mirrors that will appear. If we, if we understand our morphogenetic blueprint, a script, a movie script, you are running that script in every single area of your life. It's just different actors. You're running that script in your body. Your body's the actor. You're running it in your professional life, in your business. You've got other actors there. You're running it in your relationship, different actors. You're running it in your family, different actors. So it's just a matter of seeing that that's called a fractal pattern where something fractals out into these areas as a repeated pattern. So when you take time to focus on anything, you have amplified that particular frequency in all areas of your life in that moment, and you've actually contributed to it materializing in your life. So if you knew that, think about the power you could have to reshape your future if you started investing some time focusing on what you wanted to create, focusing on what made you feel like you were playing, what made you feel passionate at a deep soul level. What if you 
started to even look for the signs of what made you feel that. Because a lot of people are like the horse. They've forgotten they can jump the fence. Even if you start asking the questions about what is it that that really gets me excited, what is it that really turns me on? And we're going to go through an exercise later today to help you find that. But just by paying attention to there, even if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, will cause waves to collapse into particles to pave the way for you. And it causes different things to resonate in your field. It turns the volume down on what you don't want and turns the volume up on what you do want. And when you start to walk into it, that little explosion of, wow, this is amazing. Wow, I'm having fun and time flies. Even if it's only for five minutes, you've started to re-imprint your field and benefit yourself across the board. Um, I can remember, for me, I, I grew up in a very austere household, and the first time I took myself for a cup of coffee was a big deal because I just didn't spend money on myself at all. I, I would support my children. I would do all kinds of things, but I didn't spend money on myself. And the first time I took myself to, to a cup of coffee, I created a bliss point. It was such a such an incredible experience to do something just for me. And although it cost $3.50, I can go back to that moment in time as if it is yesterday. Now, I know most people, you know, who grew up in the States and they're conditioned uh, a little bit differently than I was, but to me that was a big deal. Everybody has different triggers and different things that would be special for them, but we need to start creating special moments in life and paying attention to what we want to create as opposed to what we don't want to create in our lives. So by shifting our focus to those bliss points, we are changing the resonance of our morphogenetic field. Therefore, the broadcast we're sending out is now uh, a very powerful broadcast that can create what we want. It's definitely recalibrated at that point. It's always very powerful, but it becomes, it swings to the positive. It is a huge shift to the positive. Another way to shift to the positive um, is gratitude. Boy, I tell you what, gratitude can make all the difference in the world. And a lot of us think of gratitude as a, oh, nice concept. And we may be able to be thankful, for example. We think about being thankful. Thank you, thank you. But to really feel beyond compassion and move into gratitude changes the resonance of your field in such a profound way in that moment that it truly can create miracles, everyday miracles. And so, for example, when I get caught up in traffic, rather than being frustrated, I look at the situation, I trust the process, I will, it's amazing, I'll call wherever I'm supposed to be and say, I'm stuck in traffic, I'm running late, and and just always that person on the other end says, that is so perfect because, you know, I'm running late too, and this is just great. So the timing always works out, and I just shift into gratitude, and I, I trust that. Whatever we're allowing to breathe here, whatever this space is that it's creating, it's it's good. It's meant to be, and I allow myself to be fully present in that moment of gratitude. And miracles happen. Things change. I get an insight. I my path is furthered. But there is greater synchronicity when I come together with my meeting, or if somebody shortchanges me on something, which is which is you know very very rare, uh, but it, 
it did happen with a, a refund recently where I had rented a place and they charged too much um, for, for something. Rather than being angry about that, you know, I was, just, I was grateful for the opportunity to learn and to fully experience um, what I needed to from that. And you just have to appreciate where people are. So there is um, shifting into gratitude. There's tools to learn how to shift into gratitude under a variety of situations. And it becomes easier and easier the more you clear out your toxic emotions. The more toxic emotions you have stored within your field, the more difficult it is to attain a true vibration of gratitude. But that is actually a huge resonance shifter in and of itself. So these are some great ways that we can all start today. I, I actually spend time in gratitude almost every day. Um, these are some great ways to change our morphogenetic field. Um, for people who want to really delve into this, Dawn, and, and use the tools that you've put together for us, they can go to thewisdomshow.com forward slash special dash offers. You will see Dawn's picture. Click on the, the um, special offer button and you can uh, go there right now and look at Dawn's program because these are the tools that uh, go deeper into changing the field. Dawn, can you explain for us your, uh, what the program includes? Your first one is how to create a new reality now and establishing new reality coordinates. So can you describe for us what people will learn with that? Sure, sure. So it's very interesting. I've worked with people from all walks of life and from CEOs to Nobel Prize winners and Emmy Award winners and, and then just regular everyday people like you and me that are trying to get to the next place in our lives. And what I noticed was they all wanted to go somewhere, but they didn't really have what I would call a sticky anchor point. There was nothing in their field that they were navigating towards. So if you wanted to think about a GPS, for example, they hadn't put in any coordinates for where they wanted to go. And so they were just sort of heading in that direction, but there was no there was no real direction. And so in that, when you when you don't set a real direction that's got a coordinate in your field, you can't get the help that you need. It's you can just wander around for the rest of your life and not actually create it. So there's a couple of things at play there. I I taught people in this program how to create the thought field. So a field of thought is an actual concept that's constructed in a way that makes coherent sense at a vibrational level. A kind of a nebulous idea is not a field of thought that you can actually anchor to in a time of emergency or to actually create off of. So I've taught people how to begin to how to make this thought field and then how to create the reality coordinates and actually imprint it into their field. And there's a couple of different uses for this particular technique and uh, strategy. One is to create a new life for yourself, that very next version, and it goes beyond, by far, uh, making that list of that ideal guy. That's not what this is. It's not, I want somebody who's tall with blue eyes, and whatever. It's not that. <clears throat> there's got to be real coordinates that speak to the field. And one of those that is so essential is that whatever this vision is you have of your future, once you identify it, you have to be sure that you go through what I call the triple bottom line, and that's to make sure that whatever this thing is that you want to create, this next iteration of reality that you want to walk into, you have to be sure that it's not only good for you, that it's good for others, and that it's good for humanity as a whole because of what you bring to the table. And that's not, that's not just, you know, my invention is going to be good. You have to take it all the way down to 
because I became all of who I was, because I walked into my authentic self, this is how the world changed, and this is why that's good, and this is why I want to do this. And when you resonate these coordinates that I teach people, it actually activates raw fields of potential, which are known as the Planck scale. So we've got 80-plus percent of the energy that's available in this world is is raw, unshaped, unformed energy. And when you stream from your morphogenetic field a resonance through this that that has these key coordinates, things actually materialize. And, again, the materialization has to do with the fact that you're paying attention to what you want to create, and you've done it in a way that stimulates these fields of potential and it's congruent with your passion print, if you will, and things happen, my goodness. I remember one time I had um, I was a single parent. I had three kids and very little money, and I, was just, I had just left a difficult situation, and I thought I wanted to be a school teacher. I decided that was the next reality for me. I wanted to be a school teacher. I didn't have a lot of time to get a job. I didn't have the right certificate or the right degree, but I, you know, I didn't let all those limiting ideas get in my way. I went and I did this creating a new reality activity that, that I'm teaching here. And within two days, somebody walked into my life and I said, you know, this is what I want to do. And they said, well, guess what? I know where they're hiring. And I said, well, what about the fact that I don't have a teaching certificate? And they said, oh, no, that's no problem. Since you have a college degree, you can get a provisional certificate. And I was hired within the week. So you can use it to create a future like that, or you can use it in a time of crisis to help yourself avoid the worst-case scenario and actually get to where you want to go. So um, I've seen it used when when people are injured uh, to take yourself to a reality where there's wellness again. You can use it with health, but it's different than wishful thinking. It actually helps you construct the thought form, embed the reality coordinates that you need, and then use the emotional carrier waves to imprint it into your field. And to facilitate people, I've included audio tones from these specific frequencies that I got in that I worked with Stanford uh, with um, so that it helps people get there. Um, These are the same frequencies that we've done research on for years. They help people shift from a beta brainwave pattern down into an alpha and a theta. So what that means is if somebody's in an agitated state, it shifts their brain down into a receptive state where they can re-information their field. Much like I told you, television will put you in an alpha state and you'll just absorb what you're being told. These frequencies have been shown through um, EEG, electroencephalograph, to do the exact same thing. The frequencies also have been shown to boost immune system response so they're healthy, they're great, they, they facilitate our health. And when I sent them, um, this is a nice story, I like it. When I sent them over to Komodo's lab, the visual version of these, Komodo, Dr. Marsuro Moto over in Japan, a lot of people are familiar, Gene, I'm sure you are too, yes. mm-hmm. with his hidden messages in water, where he showed that different words um, on the outside of a water bottle would cause the water crystals to change shape. And so if uh, water was exposed to a negative word like hate or war or something like that, I think he even used Hitler, 
they would, the water molecule would contort itself and distort itself and become very chaotic. But when you resonated the word love, um, or if you resonated the energy of a prayer to the water, it would form beautiful crystals. Well, in our study, we sent baseline water, and we sent the same baseline water that had been exposed to these frequency codes over, and the baseline water, which is just store-bought bottled water here in the U.S., was just a wreck. It was was all chaotic and uh, mucked up. And the same water that had been exposed to these frequency codes um, was beautiful. Uh, One frequency formed like a doorway, and another frequency formed this beautiful snowfall. And that's what it's doing, it's doing the resonance, and it's ordering our fields, and it's allowing new information to come in. So these same frequencies I put behind the audio track in in this Stepping Into Your Future program to facilitate the brain interface to the field, to facilitate you getting this new thought print with these reality coordinates embedded into your field so it's not a wishful thinking, that it actually becomes part of your morphic resonance so that it's on and facilitating you creating a new life 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So it's not like the clothes that you put on and off. It's actually part of the essence then of who you are. And you can use this tool for the rest of your life. And when you get good at it, you can take it out and actually use it in a very quick emergency situation. And I give some great examples in there. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it. Yes, I have. I totally enjoyed your program because you take all of these concepts and simplify them and you make the program so easy and then your meditations with your nice soft voice are wonderful so this is an amazing program well i try yeah i try really hard to make sure that everything is applicable and relevant to our everyday lives because if we leave it all as nice concepts or theoretical what good is it really i mean us understanding something and becoming perpetual students it doesn't help us if we don't know how to translate it into practical, everyday applications that become part of our everyday vocabulary. Because, Jean, you know that we're we're driving our lives through this world of hidden fields every day. It's just that most of us are driving blindly. Right, and you give us the compass, you give us the tools, the directions, and you make it easy for us. That's why this is so amazing. Um, well, and- good for all of us. We One single person setting a new reality will change the vibration of the whole of humanity because we're all interconnected. Yes. And, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, you were on a I'm good just roll. Say, I, also put, <laughs> I also put prompting worksheets in there to make it easier for people to follow and to pay attention to key, you know, to key points and to really facilitate how to, how to apply this into your life and so that it be easy to use over and over again. And then you have a relaxation visualization tool to activate our interdimensional mind muscle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this one I, I put in because I think it's so important that people really begin to use their their brain and their mind in a way that facilitates the re-imprinting of the field. So because we've become so television heavy and so visual media stimulated, we have really forgotten you know, way out of practice like not going to the gym at all with our muscles, we have forgotten how to create mental images, particularly even mental images of a new thought construct. So you may be able to close your eyes and visualize a chair, but a new thing that doesn't exist yet, that new reality you want to create, it's 
little practice. And so just like going to the gym and building your muscle, this is building your interdimensional mind muscle. And so I make something that's pretty fun and pretty easy and that activates all of your senses and helps you bring that back online. And then I take you through an actual process into a deep relaxation from which you can start to visualize anything you'd like. And in that deep relaxation, again, you've accessed your alpha or even your theta brainwave patterns, depending on how um, how how much of a practiced person you are or how often you practice this. And that gives you a great gateway to both calm yourself down, relax, and to re-imprint your field with positive things. So one of the biggest interference patterns that I think everybody faces in today's modern world is stress. Stress is like, let's think about it this way. If you're trying to broadcast this new reality that you want, this better tomorrow, this healthier, more prosperous tomorrow, these positive thoughts about money and love and success, if that were a radio signal and then you turned on 10 television sets that are broadcasting white noise and you could barely hear that that first broadcast that you wanted to put out there. That's what stress does in our field. It creates all this noise, all this interference. And so this tool was also designed to help calm those stress levels down so that the broadcast of what you want can actually become louder and clearer and stronger in its signal. And when you do this a couple of times, you actually start to create the response within yourself so that you can re-access that Here's how I can calm down. And, and you've built a new neural pathways around that. So your your brain, again, can map into your field and you can calm down much quicker. And it's, it's a wonderful thing for shifting your field out of something that doesn't support you into something that does. And you can, with some practice, you can use it, like I say, at any time during the day. Or some people even use it to go to sleep at night, which I think is lovely. You also have Reclaiming Your Power by Cutting the Ties That Bind. So... How important is that, is that that we cut those ties? You talk about the how our fields can be entangled and how uh, in some of those entangled fields we need to really cut the ties to that. Absolutely. Well, first I want to say that uh, anytime you have, and this again is quantum physics, anytime two things have ever been in contact with each other, they are forever entangled. I mean, they they the two holons that come together, and it's too much physics probably, but even if you take the, the two particles to different parts of the world, at a quantum level, there's still entanglement. So having said that, we're all part of one, and, and Gene, you and I have talked, and we'll be forever connected. But what happens to us when we're in relationships or when we have work uh, relationships with places that we work or even relationships, believe it or not, with places that we live or have lived, those relationships have more than just this state of quantum entanglement to it. We often, and let's take a relationship for an example, to make a relationship work, it's very common for us to give up a part of ourselves into that relationship. We stop being all of who we are. We give up some of our powers, some of our strengths, and oftentimes our partner can do that as well. And that is beyond this, the level of entanglement that's healthy for us. So actually cutting these cutting these ties is not a bad thing. It's a very healthy thing for both parties, and it returns us to our place of strength. We get to take with us everything we've learned, and we return what belongs to us. We return 
come away, it's like coming away with a win-win. It's like being amazing friends at the end of the day energetically and supporting each other in that process. So by bind, what I mean by that is when we get into any type of an entanglement that's less than love and gratitude, it can tie us like a hairball to something that would prevent and in that it would prevent us from walking forward like we'd like to. It's like having a rubber band-like attachment to something in your past and you're trying to walk forward and you may get a certain distance, but boring, it's going to pull you back again. So that's what this program is about. And I have three different exercises in there to help you through whether it has to do with relationship, whether it has to do with reclaiming the energy that you might have left behind in a place that you even lived. So it's, it's wonderful. I, For example, I believe that Anytime we leave a space, it's time to give gratitude to that space for having provided us a stage, if you will, to play out this part of our our lives. And a lot of us just move on without ever giving gratitude and, and releasing the space for the next people. And in that, we leave ourselves entangled in a way that doesn't really facilitate our path forward the way that it could. So this is just, it's just such an important way of being and it's such an important facilitator and when people understand the underlying field mechanics, they'll see how facilitated you can be. So, for example, when I stopped teaching for that year and it was the last day of school and my students had left and I changed their lives and they had changed mine during the course of that year, I just didn't pack my bags and walk out of that classroom and go, okay, that's done. On to the next thing. I stood there, and there's like a, it's not really a ceremony, but there's a way of being in that moment where you give gratitude. You actually create a bliss point through this process. You give gratitude for the space and the opportunities it created to have these interactions, and you allow your heart to fill, and you let go of any of the negative ties, and you transform them into gratitude. And you'll know when it's done, and then you can move on. And you can even go back and do this retroactively for places that you've already left. So it applies to relationships, to places, to jobs. And in that, you reclaim all of you, and that really propels you forward for the rest of your life. Right, and that is so important. So, again, this is another way to clear that morphogenetic field and allow it to resonate out what we want to create rather than leaving in the the residue of what we didn't want in our lives. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you think about it, too, it, it's a great gift to give to the people who come behind you because the space is conditioned with gratitude. It's pre-prepared. It's it's all set for their stage now, and that's good for everybody. It's a really wonderful, beautiful process. And then you also have, in stepping into your reality, the moving beyond fear, overcoming everyday shamanic trials. So really, uh, uh, such a key part of this is moving past the fear. It is. And, Jean, when I was putting this package together, I really tried to say to myself, you know, if I were building a backpack for somebody that that gave them the tools that they need to walk away from this show with a means to actually walk forward into a new place in life, what would those key components be? And that's how I put this together. You know, we've got how do you create that new future? How do you get rid of the stress and actually start to 
have the capability to hold the visions in your mind? How do you let go of the past? And moving beyond fear is how do you walk into your future? Because the second that you start to walk into a new future, any remember the three layers we talked about, the systemic programming and the, the emotional bandwidth and then the core uh, essential self bandwidth. Any negative or limiting programming, any old programming that you have there, it's going to raise its head and say, oh, wait a minute, it's not safe to walk out the door. Anytime you move out of your rut, one step out of your rut, and you're going to have that old programming. Some people think of it as ego, but that old programming is going to kick in and go, no, 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 I don't think so. And you're going to have some sort of a fear response in your body. There's a big difference between fear that's based on a premonition that something's going to go wrong and fear because you're moving out of a rut and, and, or getting out of the box or creating change in your life. It's, it's so important to be empowered to walk through this fear. Now, for me, uh, I've used these processes. I actually give people several tools in here. And this is different than PTSD fear. This is the fears that people encounter when they're walking forward, when they're making their way into that next stage of life. So I, when I was going into Hollywood the first few times to pitch for my movie, gosh, I had all these people that were saying, oh, you know, you're only going to get three minutes and you should be really, really worried about this and you need to prepare for half a year and you know, all of this fear programming about you can only get one chance. And um, I was listening because these were experts and telling me this. Pardon Oh, I'm sorry. That was um, that was just a little sound glitch. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry, okay. Dawn. Um, so you have experts telling you, you, know, you should be afraid. Uh, I remember standing outside that door ready to go in. I thought, you know, I don't need five minutes. I need two hours, and there's nothing to be afraid of. And so these are these. There's a technique that I used then to actually overcome my fear and walk in, and I did get two hours. I got two hours multiple times uh, with a lot of people, and, and it turned out really wonderfully and successfully, and the book is now, you know, on its way to becoming a movie. So that's it's really exciting, but this could even be the fear that you have of, of going um, on a date again or starting a new company or even venturing into the exploration of something new. Or, you know, making that phone call to find out if you can do something. Any of these everyday fears that you have, there are ways that you can give yourself a set of tools to walk through them so that you can begin to realize that new future that you are wanting to create. And so by having these tools, we also decrease the stress that we're vibrating in our field. We can quash it very quickly. And again, if you think about that from a resonance perspective, by quashing that stress, it facilitates you continuing to resonate what you want, which facilitates it actually happening. The people coming into your life to help to help it, the resources to help it. Um, I remember even when I was developing these tools, these deeper tools, the the tools that are in the Essential Upgrade Program, I needed funding to do it. And people would say to me, well, you're never going to be able to find funding to develop something like this. Um, I held it in my field in a way that it came together, and I was actually able to generate over $750,000 of funding that we needed to do the research and to do the development to create these personalized tools. And it's because I 
into my field and made way for it and didn't resonate fear to create interference and it materialized. So these are amazing tools that I use every day and that I think absolutely everybody should have every day of their lives to walk forward with. And I, I teach them to my kids. So amazing. Just a, a, a total program for creating what we want. It's at a huge discount. It's incredible. It's easy because Dawn guides you through everything and it's available at thewisdomshow.com forward slash special dash offers. You'll see Dawn's picture. Click on the special offer button and you will see everything that Dawn has just described and a way to implement all of these incredibly profound changes that Dawn talks about as being possible for all of us. It's a new way of looking at things. It's a new paradigm. And Dawn, the way that you uh, you spoke earlier about having our passion uh, and our play in our lives as being so important, I think it would be a great time if you could lead us through how we can activate that passion print. Absolutely. Okay, I want everybody to find a place where they can be comfortable, whether that's a chair or where they want to lie down on the couch or on their bed. But I'd like you to find a comfortable position. I'd like you to be sure that your legs are uncrossed. And if possible, to turn the palms of your hands upwards. And I'd like you to take a few deep cleansing breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth in through your nose and out through your mouth. And you're breathing in through your nose. You're breathing in the relaxation. You can imagine this is golden light. And then breathing out any stress that you may have through your mouth. It may be, it may be gray. It may be black. Just allow it to, to release from your body. And let's give yourself five minutes right now, just five minutes to be fully present for you, for five minutes, let's let go of the concerns of your day, of what needs to happen next, and let's show up just for you. Wonderful. And now as you're breathing, I want you to know that every sound that you may hear is going to serve only to further relax you. And I want you to just concentrate on the sound of my voice and allow yourself to become one with that. And you're going to continue to breathe and relax. And as you do, I want you to feel that your toes are relaxing. They're becoming like wet, warm spaghetti noodles just really, really relaxed. And I want you to allow that warmth to come up into your metatorsals, allowing your metatorsals to just ease into a tremendous state of relaxation. And the warmth is going to go up through the arches of your feet, through your heels, and up into your calves. Nice deep breath. It feels so good to relax. And the warmth comes up into your knees and into your thighs. 
your hips and your buttocks and your sacrum. And I want you to feel how good it feels to allow all of that to just unwind itself and to ease into a space of relaxation, of receiving, of wellness. And I want you to allow that warmth to come up into your low back. Continue breathing and relaxing. And it spreads up through your back and into your shoulders. Oh, it's as if somebody has their hands on your shoulders and it's just seeing all of the stress and the tension. And that release comes down both arms and any stress just flows out of your hands. And you're being filled with such a sense of well-being and calm. And the warmth goes up the back of your neck over the back of your head and around your face. You feel your eyes relaxing, your cheekbones relaxing, your mouth, actually allow your mouth to go slightly agape so that your jaws relax. So as your neck, the warmth continues to flow down into your collarbones, into your chest. Oh, you're relaxing ever more deeply. And the warmth goes through your abdomen and back down into your hips. Now, from this very deep state of relaxation, I'd like you to look down at your hands and I'd like you to see that there is a, a magic wand in your hand. This magic wand has the power to do anything. With it, I would like you to take just a moment, and with your mind's eye, I'd like you to touch your bank account with it, and I'd like you to deposit all of the money that you think you need to never have to work again in your life. What would that be? A million? Ten million? What would make you comfortable? It's as if you won a lottery. This is going to relieve any of the stress that you have about needing to go back to work at this moment. I'd like you to see it there in your bank account. And now I'd like you to tap your bank account with that magic wand three more times and triple that amount so that there's no way that you need to worry at all any longer. And next, I'd like you to know that everything in your life for this moment is taken care of. Everything. If your kids need care, if your dog needs care, I'd like you to use the magic wand to just take care of everything that you need in your life to be taken care of right this second. Everything is all well. Everybody has everything that they need from you. It's all being taken care of. And now, 
how this world works and how to support yourself and how to get ahead. Now you have everything you need. And I want you to take yourself on the vacation of your dreams. Take yourself to where you want to go. And I want you to be sure that when you get there, that you get yourself a massage or two or three. That you get yourself what you'd like to eat. That you swim, that you do whatever it is that you need to to restore yourself. And I want you to ultimately at the end of this wonderful vacation, I'd like you to see yourself sitting outside by the pool, drinking your favorite drink, whether that's a glass of tea, whatever that might be. I want you to see yourself fully relaxed, fully restored, fully rested. I'm going to give you just a second to do that for yourself. Take yourself on that vacation. Wonderful. And now that you're fully rested, now I want you to travel. I want you to go to all those places that you've been talking about going, all those things that you've wanted to see. I want you to go play. I want you to go travel and play. Use your magic wand to get you there. And remember that the more you play, the more money will be deposited in your bank account. You just need to know that the more you play, the more funds come in. The more you play, the better things are taken care of at home. So I want you to really allow yourself to go out there and travel and play. I want you to imagine maybe even you're traveling for two trips, three trips. Always come back to your place of rest to restore yourself. And when you feel as though you've traveled to all the places that you want to go, please take yourself back to that wonderful place of relaxation where you were vacationing and restoring yourself. And when you return from your travels, the next thing I want you to do is imagine that in front of you on the table is a piece of paper and a pen. It's waiting for you. You are well rested. You have exercised. Your body is in great shape. You've traveled. You have all the resources you need to do anything you want to in the world. Anything. Now what I want you to do is write down on this piece of paper what you want to do next. You've traveled to all the places that you want to go. You have vacationed fully. You are completely restored. What is it that you want to do with your life? You can do anything with your life at this point. Anything. You've got the funds to do it. You've got the resources, the manpower. You can do anything. What would you want to do? If more travel comes up for you, you need to travel more. At the end of all your travel and all of your restoring yourself, there will be something that you want to do. You may not have a clear picture of it. Write down any feelings in your mind's eye or impressions that you may have. What does it feel like? Are there animals involved? Does it relate to a particular problem that you've been thinking about? 
what is it that you'd want to do if you could do anything? Once you've written that down in your mind's eye, I'd like you to bring yourself back to the present moment and take a moment, if you can, to jot it down in real life. Write down what you remember from there, from what you wanted to do, and also write down all the places you vacationed and how good it felt. Now, Jean, and and everybody out there that's listening, this thing that you want to do after you're vacationed, after you're traveled, when you have all the money in the bank, that is part of your passion print. That is part of the soul essence. That's part of what you came to do on this planet. And for some, the envelope of that information may have been opened so little that there's just like a, a, a hint of it. Oh, it has something to do with the oceans or it has something to do with the dolphins or I don't know. I'd want to write a book, but I don't know what it's about. But you have a clue there. There's a clue. And so whatever that clue is, if you'll begin to focus a little attention on that clue, like we talked about earlier where attention can cause waves to collapse into particles, the passion print will start to resonate more and it will start to expand. And the truth is, When you start to walk into your passion, the true thing that you came to do, all of the resources that you need to do it, they will materialize. There is a way to make them materialize. It doesn't have to be outside of you. You can learn how to do that, how to to get rid of the limiting belief systems that are preventing it from coming in. And even just by focusing a little attention on this, and let's say it was on writing a book, and maybe you start thinking about that, what kind of book would I like to write? And you start Googling a little bit about what, what would it take or what books am I attract? Her message that you want to put out in the book will start to become apparent. Is it a children's book? Is it a novel? Is it nonfiction? What's the subject matter? And the more you start to widen that field, the more the rest of life will start to fall into place. And a lot of times we can't do this in in life without remembering how to play. The essence of who we are can be found through our play, but most of us don't play anymore. We stopped playing when we were kids. So... It can even stop being validated for us at some point when we hit, I don't know, the end of elementary school. They stop giving us recess. Oh, no, no, it's all about work now. So we have to remember to play. And what this meditation does is it takes us through the restoration because we're tired. And then it takes us into the play of travel where you can do anything you want to play. And then it's like, well, if you could play and you have all the resources, what is it you'd really want to do? And and in that, we actually begin to re-resonate the soul print, the essence of who we are, and that in and of itself starts to change our field. And when we begin to walk it and actualize it and resonate it more often by paying attention to it, it, it becomes stronger and stronger within our morphic resonance and will become ever more facilitated in our path. And if there are, are obstacles that we need to clear out of our path, the way to clear them will become apparent. You will get all the help you need. We are out of time for today, Dawn, but thank you so much. That is my favorite visualization. Thank you so much for sharing all of this amazing, incredible, life-changing information. 
for your powerful program that gives us the tools to change the field, the blueprint, change the experience of our lives. So thank you, Dawn. We really appreciate you being with us. Oh, Jean, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you, and thank you for bearing with my husky voice today. Um, I, I wouldn't have traded this time for anything. Thank you very much, and, and um, thanks to all of your listeners. I so appreciate sharing space with all of you. Thanks, everyone who has joined us. We really have enjoyed spending this time with you. We will see you next time on The Wisdom Show.